Chapter 81 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 81 Captured Conspirators Shot Dead. Dr. Juno addressed the prisoners, who were not too badly wounded to comprehend him, as follows. Fellow citizens and prisoners, we do not war against men for gain, or for glory of men, but for the rights of all who are of woman born, for equal rights, for just rights, for the subjugation of those who possess more than their share of this world's goods, for the subversion of those who pay you with the money which belongs as much to you as to them to fight for them so that they can continue to usurp every right of mankind and thereby hold you in bondage to their heinous tyranny. But we are here as your friends, the friends of the whole people, who are willing to live and let live as freely as they themselves wish to live. I wish you to join us, and if you refuse you may know the consequences. Those who desire to join us will move in the direction of our soldiers room was made for the prisoners who desired to join the naturalists, to walk within the lines of the latter, when all passed over except what remained of two regiments, when Dr. Juno continued. Do you, who remain in your old positions, desire to continue rebellious? I will give you thirty minutes to consider the question of either joining our cause and our army, or to be shot dead within that time. You would not dare to shoot us! ejaculated a half-intoxicated and impudent colonel of one of the regiments. "'Do not be deceived, my misled man,' said Dr. Juno. "'But you will see that I shall do that very thing.' Dr. Juno now administered the oath of allegiance to those who were willing to join his army. The following is the oath. "'You do solemnly swear that you will join the army and cause of the naturalists, and will never more, by word or deed, aid or abet the orthodox or conspirator's army or navy, but will faithfully obey the commanders of the naturalists. All those of you who are willing to abide by this oath, or expect to be shot dead if violating it, will signify it by raising their left hands toward heaven, and placing their right hands upon their hearts." It only took a few minutes to administer this oath to a whole regiment, on account of being able to administer it to them all at once because the answering it with their hands gave the officers a chance to see if all had taken it. When Dr. Juno had finished this task, he said to the rebellious prisoners, "'You have five minutes to decide between death and joining our army,' which caused about two dozen more to take the oath. And when they had done so, the same colonel cried out, "'Cowards! You do not mean to fight for the heretics! I know you won't!' but you are scared by the high-flowing language of this braggadocio. He dare not shoot us, and he knows it. Your time for repentance has expired. Your hour of grace has gone by. Soldiers, prepare to fire. Here a regiment of naturalists formed into a line when he continued. Aim. May God have mercy on your souls. Fire. Bang. Off went the rifles and about one half fell stone dead, 
when Dr. Juno repeated, "'Soldiers, prepare to fire. Aim. May God have mercy on your souls. Fire!' When the balance were dispatched, without one prisoner falling to expire at once, except the impudent colonel, who was not yet aimed at. When Dr. Juno saw this, he said, "'Providence or chance has saved your miserable life. And before I will order you to be shot, I will permit you to say what you now think, whether I dare not shoot you.' "'Sir,' quite humbly said the colonel, who seemed fully sobered by this time, "'you are a brave man. And if you will permit me at this late hour, I will cheerfully fight desperately under so heroic a commander as yourself. I pray you, accept my offer.' "'Certainly, sir,' responded Dr. Juno. "'Come and take the oath, and you may be of great service to us, if for nothing else but to warn others, who in the future may be of your opinion. I do not desire to shoot men in this or any other manner, but war means surrender to the strongest or death, and this is the only way to strengthen and make an army victorious. If I may be so bold as to ask, are you not afraid that these compulsory deserters might turn upon you when an opportunity affords?" said the colonel. "'Not at all,' smilingly answered Dr. Juno. "'We are guarded against that, and our remedy is specific, which you may see some day.' "'I hope so, indeed, since I have become a naturalist,' said the colonel. "'But your most generous and sound sense addressed to our men, previous to ordering any of us into your ranks, then touched my better nature. Still I felt ugly toward all of you, and, I must say, without a cause, for I am already convinced that your motives and teachings are misunderstood by the great majority of our soldiers. "'May God open the eyes of all before one more drop of blood is spilled,' sadly responded Dr. Juno. "'Amen!' came from hundreds of the men, and some of them had large tears in their eyes, caused by the sincere, earnest, and impressive manner in which Juno said, "'May God open the eyes of all before one more drop of blood is spilled!' Let the reader, for one moment, think of a man who had suffered for nearly half a century the most barbarous martyrdom, and when he had it in his power to speedily annihilate every one of his enemies and become dictator, he could utter the foregoing sentence and act upon it. Was this not enough to cause the Spirit of Christ to hover around the hearts of all who saw such an act by man? Could anything more noble, more Christlike, more godlike be done by sinful mortal? And could any heart be so stony as to spurn such an achievement? End of chapter 81